0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number five of the Injured to Elite podcast, where I'm here with Major League left-handed pitcher of the Tampa Bay Rays, Ryan Scherf. Ryan and I worked together starting back in 2015 when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals organization, and I was their medical and rehab coordinator. Today, we share his amazing story as he overcame adversity to reach the major leagues prior to being inches away from quitting. With that said, the title of this episode is Don't Quit Your Dreams Yet. Ryan, so psyched to have you here with me, man. What's going on, man? Great to always hear from you. I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're making your drive back to Los Angeles after being up in San Jose. What are you doing up there?
1: Uh, Just working on my stuff, getting my craft ready for spring training.
0: That time's coming, right? Back into it. I know how it goes in January and February for you guys, especially about to head over there to big league camp. So I'm sure you're just trying to get into the right mindset. So really appreciate your time here. You're always better than me about kind of describing in all different ways how you and I met. Why don't you just give give your side of how Ryan and Dave met?
1: Oh man, the greatest story ever, right? Back in uh two thousand fifteen in double A, second game of the season, I uh threw a pitch and my MCL literally just blew and I couldn't even walk to the dugout and you know, next thing you know, I'm in Florida with Dave Meyer. And we uh
0: That's where definitely... every every bit every, every every minor league pitcher wants to be down there in Jupiter, Florida with Dave Meyer. I know, right? <laughs> so
1: the, the legend has it that uh me and Dave were not the closest of people, and uh the greatest thing about that is that we became best friends after that, which is totally amazing.
0: It, it's it's a special story because for those out there that know Ryan Sheriff, Ryan is Ryan. All the stuff they say about relief pitchers, are, from my perspective at least, is absolutely true. He's got chutzpah. You know, He he is who he is. So I'm down there in Jupiter, Florida, and I have about 15 players in rehab, which is pretty standard. And Ryan, you weren't too happy with that knee injury. The big thing with that was it, it definitely took you a little longer than I think you expected to get back out there, right?
1: Yeah. They told me it was going to be like two weeks and I was pumped for that. It ended up being like three months. I missed half the season and I was, I was livid. I was livid.
0: Pretty much 2015, I guess for you in your mind, would you say that was more of like a wash year for you? You were in yeah. A then?
1: hundred percent. It was a wash year, Double A, you know, I was in A the year before. Doing well, and they sent me to Double A, and you know I did well when I came back. Uh, thankfully, I got to Triple A by the end of the year. But other than that, I only pitched half a year. Kind of, kind of sucked.
0: And for those out there that aren't too familiar with minor league baseball, being in Double A AA and Triple A, you're right on that precipice of of you can get called up, right? And so that was a very important time for you. You were working through that. For your whole life. So maybe we can rewind the clock now to give people a better picture of where your journey was to get even to double A. So, Ryan, you know how we all have those dreams as a kid to be in the big leagues. Tell me how yours started.
1: My whole life literally been an absolute obstacle course, just hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. I don't even know where to begin. This is actually going to be the first time I'm telling my story publicly and um so i'm just gonna let it all out but uh pretty much at the age of three i think i was holding the baseball bat and throwing balls around with my mom and i think that's when i fell in love with baseball and had the ability to to play you know unfortunately throughout the years i started growing up and realizing that my dad he wasn't he was around but he wasn't around if that makes sense you know he it was does. a party he was a party animal he was doing cocaine all the time, addicted to it. He was wow. addicted to alcohol, gambling. My mom had kicked him out of the house when I was about seven years old and I would have to go visit him at a motel for months. Um, the verbal abuse that I had to endure as a, as a child. I didn't really think about baseball too much, but as I got older, subconsciously, it just was driven into the back of my brain that I want to be a Major League Baseball player and that's what I've always wanted to do. So to be honest with you, I don't even know where it came from, but I just want to give my mom a pat on the back for holding it down for this many years. You know, um, my dad depleting her bank account, him leaving us for a couple of days after he retired for the post office and taking his pension and spending all of his money on gambling. Um, I got to give it to my mom for supporting me and uh, just being the one that helped me out and guide me through all these years. And I think if it wasn't for her taking me to little league games and just driving into me sports, I wouldn't be where I'm at today.
0: Wow. I, to be honest, I'm almost speechless after hearing that. I, I don't think I even really knew the depth, the depths of of your story In, in your childhood with your father. Uh, that's, that's heartfelt for especially somebody like myself that, that lost my father when I was 21 I mean, I think we have to give, we ha- we really do have to give props to your mother, uh, a, a very sweet lady that I've met. And I've been fortunate enough when I came out to Los Angeles to visit you, your mom had me stay over with open arms. And so to hear that story about your mother is, is really heartfelt because I think we really many times think about dad in the sports world as a kid growing up, but Really, for so many out there, mom, oftentimes, and I can say my own mother too, because my father was sick, mom holds it together, right? Whether we always tell her or not. So thank you for sharing that. That's that's absolutely an amazing story, how that developed. And, and so interesting that you say you actually really don't even know where it came from. It's almost like it almost came from just inside of you. Is that fair to say it just grew inside of you?
1: Yeah. You know, I've never really thought about it. You know, um, I always thought that I had a normal childhood and then I, I kind of look back on it this off season. You know, I've been through a lot of my life and, uh, yes,
0: you have.
1: You know, my dad passed away when I was 21. Um, Mine did you know, too
0: when I was 21. Yeah.
1: Br- breakups and, and love and, and everything. And I look back at my life this past off season. I was like, Holy crap. Like I didn't have a normal childhood. Like I, I really didn't, and um, honestly, if it wasn't for baseball, I don't, I don't know where I'd be, to be honest, you know. I got lucky, I guess you could say, but yeah, my childhood was far from the norm. You know, I just got to give it up to my mom, especially my aunt, too, for just, they went to every single one of my games in Little League college, you know, you name it, they were there. It's just a, it's just a mess of a story that I finally put together at 29 years old, that I finally wow. realized that what actually went on in my life.
0: Let's get into a lot of those other obstacles you went through, and it's it's interesting to see how the story is coming together now. This is such a big time for you in your career, going into 2020 major league camp with the Rays. We talked a little bit about your knee injury when you were in Double A, between Double A and eventually going up to big league camp in 2017. What was that journey like? What were the obstacles and Most importantly, how in your mind did you get it in the right place to overcome them, really?
1: Well, I'm going to first off say that my mind is never in the right place. That's just who I am. And I think it has to do with my childhood. A lot of insecurities, a lot of insecurities when it comes to baseball. Wow. But
0: That's big to be able to say.
1: Yeah. Subconsciously, I was always driven to be the best that I could be and to pitch in the big leagues that just subconsciously always don't you know you have that little voice in the back of your head 24 7 about what you want to do your dreams and passions I don't know if everyone has it but I have it and that's that's my dream and, and that's my passion you know when I first got to AAA in 2016 I was the one of the best relievers in the PCL and I didn't get a call up and, and I was frustrated I was livid I remember one day walking into Mike Schilt's office, crying. Schiltie, I don't want to play anymore. I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm broke. I'm getting paid 800 bucks to have a 1.59 ERA in AAA, and what am I supposed to do? I'm 26 years old. I live with my mom. I can't support myself. And and I balled out for you guys for numerous years. You know, you know. I ended the season with like a 2.20 ERA in AAA, and and got to go to the fall league. I did terrible, but, you know, I got that experience and then I was able to go to big league camp in 2017 and almost break with the team. You know, I think I, I had a little chip on my shoulder because I was so aggravated at what could have happened and how much time and effort that I put in. And I did not see a reward for it until later on in my life to where I'm like 27 years old. And it, it's just it, it frustrates me to this day
0: still. How have you seen the bigger picture and been able to work towards your goals? Has it been fueled by, is it proving people wrong or does it come from a place more so of that inner voice, that 24 seven voice of regardless of whatever you might feel the chip on your shoulder? It's not about just that coming from that negativity, but just that voice that just for lack of a better way of saying it doesn't shut up.
1: Yeah, that voice in the back of my head never shuts up. And I think you know that about me, too. I'm obsessive over my work. I'm absolutely obsessive. And uh, I think it what separates me from other people, to be honest. um, I don't throw the hardest, but I have some of the best movement on a baseball that I could ask for. So I'll take that right now. We're throwing 100 miles an hour. But, you know, that little voice in my head is what pushes me to do what I got to do, you know, I came to the conclusion my whole life is going to be an obstacle. It's just I can't control that because it started early on in my childhood that I'm going to have to face adversity every step of the way. And from that adversity, I get to learn from it without failure. There's no lesson. So, so that's what I'm taking from it.
0: Let me ask you this. In 2016 or 2015, the Ryan Sheriff then. And the ryan sheriff now has there been a change in the way you learn from your obstacles do you approach your obstacles differently is there is there a particular strategy that when you do have these challenges you're able to use like a tool so to speak not maybe a pitch but you know maybe it's not a slider or a changeup, but you know or when life throws you a curveball for you what what is what's one of the biggest tools that you're able to use in those dark moments
1: I'm able to relax more now as I got older. I'm able to accept situations for what they are. When I was younger, I wasn't able to do that. If I got hit around, I would beat myself up until I couldn't get up anymore. I mean, I wouldn't sleep at night. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't do anything. But now I'm just more relaxed about it because we're all human at the end of the day. We're not perfect. Everyone messes up, especially in baseball. You're going to fail.
0: It's a game of failure, of, right?
1: Yeah, you're going to fail 90% of the time. So now becoming older, I'm able to deal with it better. I'm just, you know, I've been through everything that I feel like I've been through at such a young age, to be honest with you. So I feel like I have a little bit more experience than other people.
0: As you go through these obstacles, there's, there's, a, there's like a piece that you have, or is it a confidence that maybe you have that you have the ability to overcome it? get to the next chapter, you know, right now, as you're, as you're going into major league camp down in, in Florida, well, let's talk a little more of recent over the last few years. I mean, you're coming off a major physical obstacle and it's interesting as we're talking, you're talking more about the mental, emotional side and obstacles there. And we tend to think of physical obstacles as being the most challenging. And oh,
1: man. Yeah. So,
0: how's the more recent physical challenge in terms of your elbow surgery been, if you don't mind sharing, and how that journey's been?
1: Oh, man. This journey has been a grind. Everything has been a grind. I mean, getting Tommy John surgery in 2018, having to bounce back from that. Not knowing if my elbow is going to blow out again, not knowing what's going on with my arm. You know, every day was a grind. You're throwing and, and you get pain in your elbow. You're, oh my God, it's torn again. Right. Um, it, it, it's it's honestly miserable. It, it's, it's, <laughs> so miserable and it's so miserable. And
0: somehow you're still doing it.
1: I'm, yeah. And, and I'm still doing it because I don't know, I, the vo- little voice in the back of my head is telling me to keep grinding and that's what I'm doing. And so I'm going to keep going until it tells me to stop. But I'm still going to go through all the physical pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain. For some reason, I enjoy it. And so um, I'm just going to keep grinding, man.
0: You made a very poignant point about the moment you went into the current manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, Mike Schiltz. Absolutely great guy. He used to call me... Corleone when my hair was longer, when I was with the Cardinals and I had my hair slicked back and it was my first <laughs> year. And I, I thought, I I thought I was a hot shot. So he's a great guy, but you talk about the moment you're in his office and you know, is that, was that the moment that you were pretty much almost there ready to, to wrap it up?
1: Oh, hundred percent. I was like, I told him, I was like, she I have no one to talk to, man. I only got my mom. That's it. I don't have grandparents. I don't have anything else. I don't have a dad. And you know, I told him, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, you don't get paid anything. Like, this sucks. Like, I've done everything that I possibly can. And, uh, you know, he told me to keep pushing, and I did. And, you know, thankfully I got to the big leagues, but it, it was just, it was a journey, man. It, it was a grind. I put up numbers every year. You go look at my numbers, they are amazing. I don't know what more I could have done.
0: I don't. Well, I don't think you needed to do anything more. You made it, and so for all the listeners out there, like I said in the first in the first few minutes, for so many of us out there, I could speak for myself. Our dream for many of us started out to be a major league baseball player. What is it? What was it like to set foot? You get that call. You tell me the story when you were called up.
1: Oh man, so funny you mentioned. I was. uh, We had an off day the next day. And I was going to go sell my Subaru that I had to CarMax. <laughs> and I told Stubby Clap that, hey, who was the manager at AAA at the time, I was like, hey, I'm going to CarMax tomorrow. Like, I'm going to go sell my car, whatever, whatever. And so uh, I'm playing uh, computer games with my buddy, and I'm on Skype with him. And I'm getting a phone call. And I'm like, who, who's this number? I uh, answer it. you like, hey, Sheriff, it's Stubbs. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he goes, uh, are you going to CarMax tomorrow? I was like, uh, yeah, I'm planning on selling my car so I can get some money for it because I don't have any.
0: I think I remember you telling me you were going to sell it.
1: Yeah, and he goes, well, you're going to have to change those plans because uh, you're going to have to buy yourself a new one because you're going to the big leagues. And I just I lost. Oh, I'm man. Crying. I'm crying. <laughs> my, right the other end is like, what? Like He's going crazy. I'm going crazy. So I end up start calling everybody. No one's picking up the phone. Now one person is picking up the phone. I'm like, what the hell? I'm calling my mom 20 times. She didn't answer. At the time, I was calling my girlfriend. At the time, she she wasn't answering, so I had to call her job. Uh, (laughs) My aunt finally picked up, and she went ballistic. And you know, my mom finally uh, called me and just started crying. And and, uh, I didn't sleep that night. And it was just amazing. So I ended up getting to St. Louis, and I didn't pitch for three days when I got there. And you know, I warmed up the first night. But in three days, I didn't I didn't pitch. And when I when I went into pit, I threw three innings. And I have been throwing three innings in probably, I don't know, maybe like four years at that time. And when I got done with my inning, I told the pitching coach, I was like, hey, I'm going to go into the locker room and just ball my eyes out. And That's exactly what I did. I just thought about all wow. the hard work I put in and everything that I did. And finally, I get the opportunity, the chance that I've been waiting for for so long after – putting up number after number after number, you know, you know,
0: it it, it, it gives me goosebumps hearing you tell the story because I do remember one person who picked up the phone when you called. And I remember getting the call. I was down in the new facility in Jupiter across the street that they built. And I received the call from you and I don't want to say I'm biased, but I'm a little biased. You were my first, one of my first players that really, we connected on, on another level, you know, maybe it's because we both lost our fathers young. When you gave me that call and you told me you were going to the show, it resonated with me because I knew what it meant to you. And I knew times you were, you were going through and the obstacles. So from my perspective, it was really cool because I was actually watching your debut. It was August. Yeah. Okay. Players weekend. It was Players Weekend. Well, I remember you were wearing a a specific jersey that night, at least. But anyway, I recorded your outing, and I see your first inning, and you were lights out. And then I see them take you out again, and then I see them take you out a third time. And I'm like, I'm looking at your facial expression. And I'm experiencing it almost vicariously through you. And I'm saying to myself, you're almost like an autopilot. Like it seemed like there was almost, there was almost like an energy watching you throw, you know, you, you were just meant to be there. And like you said, you were a one inning guy, maybe even a one, a one hitter guy at times in the, in AAA. And you just killed it in your first outing, a relief pitcher to go three innings. That's that's a pretty, uh, a remarkable thing. What were your numbers that game? And did you give up any hits? I think I
1: gave up like one or two hits. I had like three innings with four strikeouts. Um, I know going into that third inning, I was just huffing and puffing. I I was tired, but I was just, I don't know. Everything's kind of like a blur, kind of like blacked out, to be honest with you. I mean, I was, I was like 92, uh, just letting the ball move. and, And I just really didn't care, to be honest with you. I I worked so hard that like if I were to give up 20 runs, it wouldn't matter to me because I made it. I did it. I finally did it. You know, like finally, like give me my shot. It's been so long that at that point it was just like, here, here it is. Hit it.
0: You absolutely did. I'm I'm very proud of you. Uh, And if I haven't told you enough, man, I am proud of you. As a physical therapist myself, and for my job rehabbing elbows of athletes, we all know it's more than that, right? It's the mind, it's the it's the dream, it's so much more. And over the last few years, I know it might have taken you a little bit longer than you would have hoped, just like it did in in 2015 with the knee. It always seems to take longer. But you're coming into spring training in 2020, just going into big league camp after all of your surgery and your injuries, who's the 2020 Ryan Sheriff that's about to come out there to the Tampa Bay race.
1: I'm, just, I'm just at that point in my life where, uh, I'm just in grind mode, to be honest with you, whatever happens, happens. I've, I've worked so hard to be where I'm at. And, um, you know, I really can't control the outcome of what's going to happen. All I know is I'm right. the work. So I have to trust my process. I have to trust yes. what I did. Yes. And, um, you know, like, like, like right now, you know, I drove up to San Jose last night, five hour drive at, at eight o'clock at night. And I'm driving back right now just to throw a bullpen on a rap Soto and, and uh, work on my mechanics. You know, that's the grind I'm talking about.
0: And I think this is the grind that a lot of people out there might not know about. We, we see you guys on the, on the big screen and we think that it's all, this sexy, luxurious lifestyle, which at times it can be, but in between the lines there, there is a grind and going up that far just to throw a bullpen and get some coaching cues. I mean, even though you made it to the big leagues, you still every day are are working on improving yourself and hats off to you, man. You're doing great. And I can't tell you how excited I am to see the great results I know are coming. We have a thing we say, and Putting things into right action, turning them over and letting them happen, having trust and faith that all is working out in perfect order. And I feel like that's exactly what's happening for you right now. Just, you know, putting it into right action. That's what you're doing every day, just doing the things you need to do and the things you love. So, wrapping up, can you share with everybody out there, maybe whether it's a professional athlete, a minor league baseball player, or anybody that's about, quit what what's the one thing you'd want to tell them or tell yourself if you're around the clock what's the one thing
1: uh listen to that voice i feel like it's always right so that's what i did i'm not saying it's it it worked out for me a hundred percent because i still have to go out and make a team and, and you know fight for spots and stuff but sure that little voice there your subconscious mind is speaking to you and uh listen to it. Yeah. If you listen to it, I bet you great things would come. So,
0: Wow. Well, I have that dream too. And a lot of my dream starts and continues with this podcast I'm doing. And I feel blessed to be able to continue listening to that voice just like you. And I think maybe that's how we've connected so strongly on top of our father situation, you know, even though it was a little different, listening to that voice, even if that voice is that volume is low right now and that voice is faint, if it's your dream, it's time to turn the volume up. Well, Ryan, in 2020, I know that volume is going to go really high with your baseball career. We're all about to see the absolutely amazing things that you're capable of and that we all know that you're going to do. So, Ryan, I hope you get home safe to Los Angeles. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to hear your absolutely inspiring, amazing journey. And I think we all look forward to seeing it continue to unfold. So my man, thank you. And I love you, brother.
1: I appreciate it, man. Have a good one.
0: Thanks, dude. Wow. What a great story to hear on episode number five, to inspire everybody out there to go out there and turn that volume up with your dreams. If there's anything this podcast is about as we get started, it is all about that voice in your head, that 24 7 voice that Ryan Sheriff just shared, his dream to have success in the big leagues and overcome his obstacles in his journey. I hope this inspired everybody out there. So have a great night, and I look forward to the next episode.